white people hate me, they say that I'm using my privilege for evil, I get it, hey Black people hate me, they say that I'm racist, my feelings don't match with their message, whoa Feminists hate me because I believe that their movement is angry and sexist, Woo. Girlfriend hates me and I don't know why but I love her Whatever, forget it, yeah And gay people hate me cause when I see something I don't like I say that it's gay Straight people hate me for having the balls to go say what they think And that makes them afraid Dumb people hate me for making the music containing the truth To expose all the ways The government robs them, the pop culture kills them The rappers convince them to ruin their brain Go ahead and say it. Hey everyone <laughs> Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space uh, I'm Carter and I'm here as normal with Carrie Hi. Did that I, work, Carrie? Did, did it Yes. Did it work? Okay, now okay. can we just play and everyone dance along? Just play the chorus because he was just about to do the chorus, which I can't oh. stop listening. I probably listened to this song 10 times today already, maybe more. And yesterday, okay. who knows? All right, let me let me try <laughs> play the chorus. We It's hard to be the, the producer and do all the other stuff, so hold on here. All of that white house don't lie, man. You might need a doctor, Phil, if you catch me outside. And I will not apologize if you ain't one of my fam. I cannot afford to give a f if it was fine. And they Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's so this one. Okay, so out of all of his songs, first of all, you're watching Unsafe Space. You're not watching Tom McDonald's channel, but we thought we would open with this song because it's a feel good beat to this one. Um, we thought we would steal some of his stuff, I guess. <laughs> um, you're watching Unsafe Space. This is a live show we do Mondays and Fridays. And a uh, couple of top of the show announcements we uh, have book club coming up. If you want to join us, we're currently reading fiction. This month is fiction. We're reading Thought Criminal by Michael, Michael Rechtenwald. And uh, when is that going to be? When is that discussion? Uh, that's February 21st. And hopefully we'll be speaking. We're speaking with him before then and hopefully putting out an episode right around the time of book club, which is good. Um, yeah. Don't forget to like, yeah. share, and subscribe. All that stuff. Uh, Go to unsafespace.com. You can donate. You can buy merch. Uh, I don't know. What else? What did, did we forget to mention, mention, Carrie? That's it. I'm excited. Let's talk about Tom McDonald. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, some people in, in, in chat are saying cringe on the Tom McDonald. I get it. I don't oh. like rap either. But if there's going to be rap, uh, at least it can be making fun of woke life. Oh. And because of Carrie, I did listen to – I had never heard of the guy. I did listen to a bunch of songs yesterday. Well, first of all, thank you to all the people in our yeah. chat who told me to told us to watch him and people were messaging me about him for a week and it just took a while. I, there's a lot of things people are suggesting that I watch or read. I finally got around to watching him and I, I'm so glad. I wish I'd watched him sooner. So apparently he put out this song, not that one, but he put out this other song called Fake Woke a week ago. And um, we can we can watch part of that and break it down. But I, here's why I like this guy. Well, first of all, I like his music a lot. I haven't been this excited about an album since Kanye West's Jesus is King album, which you know I was obsessed with. And I tend to go on these binges when I like someone. I just keep listening to it over and over. Um, this song that we opened with, out of all of his songs, is the most upbeat, I think. And it just feels, I don't know, it's a feel-good song. 
and I like the lyrics. I mean, he's basically like, you know, he's dealing with a lot of hate from people online who want to call him all these things, sexist, racist, homophobic, all the stuff that wokies want to call you. And he's just got this great kind of rap attitude about it. <laughs> like, like, meh, whatever. I'm just out. If, the more you hate me, the more people are going to, it's the Streisand effect. The more people are going to find me. So go ahead. Fine. Do what you want. Yeah, I looked him up. I mean, <laughs> not I, you know. He's not my aesthetic, let's put it that way. But I looked him up, and uh, I guess he got famous with uh, the first song that he produced, uh, which I think it might be one of my favorite ones of his, based on what I've listened to so far. Which is one? White Boy, um, where uh, he basically just is unapologetically white and saying, like, you know, don't blame me for what my ancestors did, and um, I'm not a racist, and I'm not going to be ashamed of my beautiful blue eyes, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can respect some of the uh, the attitude, which is hard to have, especially in the music industry, especially if you're something like, you know, he's not a, he doesn't look like a buttoned up, like I look like I could be a Mormon, right? So I, I <laughs> can do. fit in with being the conservatives, right? Like, but he doesn't fit in with them at all. He looks like he's Eminem on meth. So, uh, you know, Which, it, takes funny some, enough, it takes some guts to say like, hey, you he know, song I'm going to do this. Funny enough, he has a song called Sober, which is also a very positive song, where he and another rapper that he raps with, uh, I've, I've seen him now in a couple of videos, rap with this guy called Bandchild. And okay. they're both rapping about, and the video is pretty well done. I think his girlfriend is a rapper. I'm just learning all this stuff late. She does the videos. Um, she does the videos, Nova Rockefeller. And they shot that video like as if it's in an AA room and they're talking, they're rapping in the room. It's really well done. And it's a very positive one. And a lot of his lyrics talk about how um, corporate rap, I'll call it corporate, the mainstream rap, the stuff that the legacy media is pushing down our throats and down the throats of children encourage you encourage kids to pop pills you know do drugs um you know zone out say, drink parent, alcohol yeah avoid the entire rap genre and hip like you shouldn't that, that <laughs> i wouldn't say that i would say find independent stuff like this that that has a positive just message so little, i mean no but generally like most of the stuff out there look at cardi b she's not rap i i know but like but most of any of mainstream music, no matter the genre, is nihilistic and hedonistic. Oh, that, the, that could be true. Yeah. I actually don't know any mainstream Oh, yeah. If the cathedral <laughs> likes it, if they like it and they're supporting it, if the culture likes it, you can pretty much rest assured it's probably trying to kill you. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's probably, probably poison. If they're trying to get poison. you to drink it, it's poison. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he actually calls out, I hope we can watch. Um, well, let's watch the beginning of Fake Woke because here's what happened with this okay. song. Now, this guy, from what I can gather, he's been around for a few years now, just doing his own mm -hmm. thing. No record label, totally independent. The same way there's all these independent um, content creators now in all kinds of genres, podcasts and music and makeup tutorials, rap reaction videos on YouTube. That's a whole other category. Like, There's all these people doing independent content, which the cathedral hates because you're not getting your news filtered through the people they've selected, right? You're not getting your music filtered through the, the people, the musicians they've selected. But um, he's been gaining in popularity the past few years. And from what I can tell, it's a lot of young kids in Generation Z 
who are buying his records. And so a lot of the people in our community who told me about him, they were like, oh yeah, I heard about him from my 16 year old kids. a year oh, ago yeah. or two years ago. And so here's what happened to Fake Woke. He put it out a week ago, no record label, no sponsors, no fawning uh, media pieces from the cathedral, nothing like that. And right. he went to number one on iTunes. Billboard hit- wasn't writing cover stories about him. No, but yeah, Billboard wasn't doing covers. He got <laughs> he hit number one on four different Billboard charts this week, and number one on iTunes. And this yeah. song, this is the new one, Fake Woke. Let's play just if you have it. Let's play at the beginning. Right, I'll, I'll try and play a little bit of Fake Woke here. I'll I'll leave you. I think I can leave you up on screen so we can do the Carrie reaction video version. Oh, that's oh. probably better for the other song because the other one makes me real happy. But oh, we can well, watch this one too. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> you have to tell me when to stop it because I don't know when when to stop it, and I don't want to play the whole thing. I think it's crazy I'm the one who they labeled as controversial And Cardi B is the role model for 12 year old girls There's rappers pushing Xanax at the top of the billboard But if I mention race in a song I'm scared I'll get killed for it It's backwards, it's getting exponentially dumb It's more difficult to get a job than purchase a gun Eminem used to gay bash and murder his mom And now he doesn't want fans if they voted for Trump We're ashamed to be American You should probably love it Cause you have the right to hate it and not get stoned to death in public As children we were taught how to walk and talk But the system Wants adults to sit down and shut up Cancel culture runs the world now The planet went crazy Label everything we say is homophobic or racist If you're white then you're privileged Guilty by association All our childhood heroes got me too or the rapists They never freed the slaves They realized that they don't need the change They gave us tiny screens We think we free cause we can't see the cage They knew that race war would be the game They need to play for people to big teams They use the media to feed the flame it gives me chills. Okay, I, I have to stop that. that <laughs> do you now. have music? Is there ever music that get, make, gives you goosebumps? Dolly Parton does that to me, but also Tom uh, McDonald. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is music that gives me goosebumps. I think. Yeah. I'll have to think about that one. But uh, yeah, some there is some. Um, but well, that part that he, the part that gives me goosebumps, Sayers, where he's talking about um, they never freed the slaves. They realized they don't need the chains. They gave us tiny screens. And and the part about how they knew they would need a race war to divide us and the media feeds the flames. Absolutely. He's rapping about all the stuff that wrong thinkers, whether they're on the right or the left, whether they're people like Sorovich yeah. or people like Jimmy Dore on the left. He's rapping about all the stuff they've been talking about the past four years, which is this fake um, left-right polarization that they create as if it matters. The Democrats and Republicans are so similar. It doesn't matter, but they keep us fighting at each other's throats over, are you in the Republican party or the Democrat party? And the, and the race war that they've been trying to start just like Charles Manson for the past year or so. Um, he, it, I just, I just love that someone in the culture, some, someone is, is talking about this in rap and doing it well. And Here's something that's interesting about him. That first song we opened with, I really love. That's just so feel mm-hmm. good. And he's like, everybody hates me. He kind of, he just doesn't care. And he, um, my fella pointed this out. You can tell he really doesn't care because he didn't change his name. He's a rapper who's named Tom McDonald. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a, he has a great point. Yes. It's like he didn't pick some new I guess name. it could be worse if his name was like Giles 
some you know Thornton or something. But yeah, yeah Tom it's McDonald's like, a pretty bad rap it name. Sounds like a farmer. Like he's like I didn't. He didn't feel a need to get some hard sounding nickname. Like he's like he's not like Dr. Dre or Eminem or you know or or right. Fifty Cent. He's just what's your name, Tom McDonald? I'm here to rap. <laughs> Hi, I'm Marvin. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, and look, I, you know, as much as I, you know, I, I know I said it's not my style and whatever, but I do recognize the importance of not everyone wants to sit around and talk to James Lindsay about, uh, you know, the origins of critical race theory, which I find fascinating and can do all day, but 16 year olds, that that's not how you reach them. Someone's got to get to them with the messages in a way that they can understand. And so I applaud him for doing that. And I think it's important. Um, so it yeah. might not be my my taste, but it's absolutely necessary. And uh, and I think it's I'm glad that there are people like him out there doing it. And I'm you know what? It says something positive about culture. And I know people that hate the rap are going to uh, especially old curmudgeons like me. You're going to want to push back on this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, <clears throat> we need people like like he's he's how culture gets saved. Right. Uh, yeah. And it says something good about culture that people like yes. him. The fact that he hit number one says something positive about our youth. Yes, it might not say something positive about their aesthetic taste in music, but it, if you don't like rap, but it does say something positive about their reaction to the ideas. Like this is, this is what they want to hear. Right. Um, and I think that's super, super important. And look, not everyone. And it's someone, someone said, play some Nora Jones. I'm like, I like Nora Jones, but you try and play Nora Jones for a 16 year old, and I'm pretty sure you get thrown in the boober category and ignored. I don't want to hear like, any Nora Jones. Right. Um, See, even Carrie doesn't want to hear Nora Jones. No. And, and the thing is, he's doing it well. If you don't like rap, that's just your own personal preference, right. whatever. But you, he, he's not, it's not because he's a bad rapper. He's good at it, which makes a big difference because if he were just doing the message, but with crappy rap, it wouldn't be popular but it's popular because he's doing a good job of it. And, and he's also, right. like you said, this is, this is the answer that we've talked a lot about on unsafe space. We are a culture podcast. We are, we are part of, we believe there's a culture war underfoot and we are trying to push back culturally and to get, I don't think that you can fix a culture, a cultural virus, which is what social justice ideology is. And a lot of the things that have sprung from it, I don't think you can fix that with politics. And even though we sometimes ne- necessarily focus on politics because uh, it's downstream from culture and, you know, with the election, recent election, we focused on politics more than we usually do. Um, I've never, I've never believed, well, at least since I started thinking in the past couple of years, I haven't believed that there's like a politician who's going to save us. Or if you just vote for the right person, it's going to fix everything. It, you, we have to fix the culture first. And this guy, this is one little part of doing that. This guy's doing that and and people love it. Now, if you go, I already, I went down the Tom McDonald rabbit hole. I watched all his videos. I've been obsessing over those. Then I went down the reaction uh, rap channel uh, rabbit hole. So I started watching all the, all the biggest YouTubers who do rap reaction videos. I started watching them. They love him. I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. And they have like two million, some of them have millions of followers, two million followers, where they just play the video. The thing, that- Carrie. We should just watch rap and react to it. <laughs> no, because you would be curmudgeoning about all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would be like, hmm. <laughs> but, but they love him. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about um, content creators who are mostly black, who love his music, 
love his message and and also are pausing it. Some of them, I watched a, a one channel where it's like four guys watching it together and they keep pausing it, talking about it. And you can watch them. He's like making them think about things in a different way. They're not going to, you know, like you said, want to go maybe watch James Lindsay. But if you can, you have to attack this in every way you can in culture. And what I like about him and I found so inspiring is that, is that he shows he shows that there's a hunger for this, that people yes. want the truth, that people want the truth and they want something authentic. He's authentic. That I truly yeah, believe it, that. His popularity is is a great sign. Yes. Um, yeah, I, and, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And so then yeah. then this two days ago, there there were a lot there have been a lot of purges, censorship, unpersoning, things like that that have been happening the past um uh, four years, five years, but especially um, since the inauguration of Joe Biden, there've been a lot, our channel, our channel was deleted on Twitter, for example. Um, there've been mass, massive purges happening in different um, high profile people getting banned. And I have an update to anyone who's following my social media posts. It appeared that his song, Fake Woke, was taken down by iTunes and right, also by Amazon and Pandora. And and I verified that it was no longer on iTunes. I went there and tried to get it and it was gone. And people were posting screenshots of how it was gone. So this morning or last night I read that uh, that he said it, he he made an announcement in some Instagram post Instagram comment where he said that was his in, it was an internal error on his part and it's going to be fixed. So just an update if you were following. I didn't see the Instagram comment. I just saw an article about it. Um, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised. We live in a time where of course that could happen. Of course that would happen. Spotify's trying to ban Joe Rogan and they, and they bought him, you know, like they, <laughs> they're, the employees are trying to get him taken down. And so they paid $300 um, million for it. And the employees want to throw it in the garbage because they don't like it. Right. Yeah. But it seemed like at the time it was like, wow, this is a huge shot. If they did this, this is a huge shot across the bow in the uh, culture war. Um, but if it's not back up on iTunes yet, apparently it should be, but it's still on, it's still on YouTube and you can go watch the whole video. And, um, he's got another song called canceled, which has great lyrics in it. He's got a song called, um, no lives matter. No lives matter gets again to the heart of what we've been talking about. He's basically saying, you know, if they get their way, if the media gets their way, there's going to be bloodshed. Right. They want us to hate each other. They put us in all these little boxes. They're trying to they're trying to inflame this race war. They're trying to inflame a, a war between the right and the left. Like they love this, and we're just playing along. And and uh, he really he really calls all that out. He says, you know, if they get their way, they'll it'll be no lives matter. Um, now, of course, here's what I've heard from the peanut gallery about him is. Um, is that he's a, oh, he's just a white supremacist, alt-right, Trump supporter, blah, 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 which is, of course- oh, He what, has a video about all the things that he's blamed for being. He's blamed for being right. But it, but yeah. so I did my due diligence and I researched that and I was like, does he, does he have any, um, uh, uh, they said Nazi tattoos or whatever. No, I couldn't find anything about that. And in fact, in his interviews, in the few times he's done interviews and in his lyrics- He's anti-Nazi. He says he's explicitly oh, yeah. anti. He's yeah. he's not he's not alt right. He's not some white supremacist. 
he's against that. But you know what? He gets called that. Of course he's going to get called that. That's what they, they call us that. They call anybody that, that that's not a social justice warrior that we know that they call Dave Rubin that they call. I mean, I've gotten to the point now when, where, unfortunately, when I hear that, you know, when it, 20 years ago or something, when we were young, if you heard that somebody was a white supremacist, you took it seriously. Now, when I hear it, I'm like, Oh really? Okay. Let me look that up and make sure. Cause I, I'm, I'm inclined not I, you to know what, I'll be honest. I don't even look it up anymore. <laughs> I'm like, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's a white supremacist. I understand. Okay. Like, I, sure. I it. Yeah. Uh, I, I but, even, uh, it doesn't even, it doesn't register. Yeah. I look, I know, um, I think it's worth saying this because we've, you know, we have said that culture needs to change prior to politics. And, and more importantly, I mean, this is the case that I've been making for a while is that philosophy ultimately drives culture. Um, and if you have the, <laughs> I'll call it the nihilistic, uh, semi Hegelian, Marxist pile of crap in philosophy departments for 100 years that we have, um, a whole bunch of stuff happens in culture that is horrible. Uh, and it takes time and it metastasizes and then it turns into politics. And so where where tolerance matters, I, I know there's going to be a lot of people who don't you know, they'll be like, well, I like this kind of thing and I don't like this guy for these reasons and I don't like that and and you know, this, this is a problem with our culture and our culture is where it is. People have the tastes that they have. You can make some, if you want to get all philosophical and make arguments about, uh, trying to link aesthetics to morality, you can do that. But if we're going to have the change that we want in our current culture, we need to have people in all the different subcultures getting the message about why the underlying ideas here are really, really bad. Um, and so I would like, don't go hating on him just because you don't like his teeth or his tattoos or his metal bits or <laughs> his music. His metal um, bits. Yeah, he's got metal bits, right? Um, but a lot of kids like that stuff for whatever reason. A lot of people like that and that's how you reach them. And there may be another subculture of people who you know, like, for example, knitting <laughs> and need to hear it from other knitters. That's fine. Um, or, we all I, need to we all need to understand the danger behind this bad ideology. All of us. Are you? I like both. You can like both. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could. You could like both. You could dislike both also. I like I, both. I don't. He, wear, he wears a knitted cap. Does he? Oh, yeah. That's a knitted He's cap got... right over there on the fake book video. <laughs> Maybe maybe the knitters should make him a cap. Somebody um, in chat, I was it's going too fast. But somebody in chat was saying Carrie's going to make a Tom McDonald hat. <laughs> like my, I have a lot more love for knitters now that uh, we started this channel and there's knitters in our community and they've made me stuff. So, uh, so I'm I'm cool with knitters, even though I'm not personally a knitter. Uh, okay, let's do some super chats while we're okay. while we're here, Carrie. Uh, unless you have more Tom McDonald stuff to cover. I just want to listen to that Everybody Hates Me song again, but we don't have to. I'll listen to it after the show. Yeah, you, that's, a, that's like an on-your-own-time kind of thing. Yeah, all right. Uh, we could just so, listen to it together. Okay. You can call me later if you want to have a listening party, and we will 
I probably actually won't answer if you want to listen to rap. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Who am I kidding? All right. Uh, let's read, read some super chats. I'm sorry they didn't get on the screen, but Legalize Adulthood gives us 25 bucks. Thank you, Legalize, and says, What's up, my nittas? <laughs> Here's some greenbacks because reasons. Thank you, Legalize Adulthood. Um, Azor says, Closed on Sunday, you made Chick fil A. I don't know what that is, but it sounds like it could be the title of our song, but I don't know. Um, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, unfortunately, I think, right? I've tried to go there on a Sunday. I think you're muted, Carrie. So if you're talking to me, that's not good. If it's Tiger, that's fine. Uh, it's a lyric from one of Kanye's songs. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> My vast rap knowledge is not working. Um, <laughs> Connor Max says, I'm 27. And have known Tom since summer. You need to check out Everybody Hates Me. We just did. We uh, played at the top of the show. It's great. And No Lives Matter. Uh, I've, I think I've listened to all of those. Best rapper ever is also amazing, Connor says. See, guys? There are people who who really appreciate this. Yeah, Jeanette there are lots gives of people. Us, Our community right, suggested he's, him. He's, he is number one. Let's be clear. He was, what, number one on iTunes? Right? He was number one on iTunes before the song this came is not, out. This guy is not some, like, this is not a, uh, you know, some random dude that people like. He is very popular. Uh, Jeanette W. gives us 10 bucks. Uh, just Thanks, for Jeanette. The hell of it. Thank you, Jeanette. Uh, Pirate Tomsky. Uh, Pirate says, cancel Gina Carano. Uh, yeah. Has just been uncanceled and hired by the Daily Wire to produce and star in a new film. Hashtag Duck Fizney. Uh, yes, we have some articles about that we're going to pull up and talk about later, Pirate Pet. Yeah. I'm very excited and to talk about that. We have too. tried to get, I wanted to get Gina on the show a while ago, and you can blame me for being lazy enough to not reach out to her, and now all this stuff has happened. So I've reached out to her, but now I'm like, I'm, there's probably lots of people reaching out to her now. So, uh, But we have tried to get her on the show, and we will continue to try and get her on the show because I think it would be good. I didn't. I waited because I wanted to watch Mandalorian first because I didn't know anything about her role or what so i watched the show and then but now now she's uh in the news okay azor says carrie listen to sing about me slash dying of thirst okay thank you <laughs> uh thank you azor two sisters and some yarn says hey. saying hello and even though I can't listen, miss catching y'all live. Five bucks for hat fund, since I'm disappointed at the lack oh. of hats. Oh, thank you for the hat fund. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, I missed one. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, this is going to be tough. I don't know if I can do this off the top of my head, but maybe. Finest City Cycling says, can either of you explain Hegelian dialectic in a nutshell? nutshell and how it compares to other forms of dialect uh well i cannot that's why when when carter was saying that i was thinking yeah see kids don't that's why they're they're listening to tom mcdonald because whatever carter was saying about it's a little too it's like james Lindsay stuff anyway yeah i don't know if i can do a good job in a nutshell especially without a little bit of prep to make sure i'm getting it right but i'll try to really quickly say um it's this kind of belief. I'm trying to. Sorry, this is not easy. 
it's it's a kind of a way of approaching things where you set up to extremes and argue that the truth comes out through the uh, battle between those two extremes, basically. Um, so it's an arbitrarily defined way of, uh, it's like an arbitrarily defined epistemology of like, this is how it works. What you do is you take this extreme and this extreme and you argue and the truth happens in between them. That's a very, very, very glossed over uh, description. And anyone who knows philosophy will skewer me for that description. But if you want it more in detail, I'm going to have to reread and be able to explain it better. But that's kind of my, in layman's terms, that's kind of the Hegelian dialectic. Um, what, the thing I don't like about Hegel, I mean, I don't like a lot about Hegel, uh, but one of the things that I don't like about Hegel is his explicit premise that it's a metaphysical problem, not an epistemological problem, although I I don't like the dialectic that I just described. I don't think that's valid epistemology. But the metaphysical problem with Hegel, I think, is that he makes this assertion that basically the universe has will, that there, there's like a purpose to the universe in general, and that the state is the manifestation of the will of the universe. And so this is where you get subordination of the individual to the state. It comes from uh, Hegelian metaphysics, which is pretty abominable. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Hopefully it does. Okay. Carrie's going to fall asleep, so I'm going to move no, on. No, I'm story. here. Thank you for, the, I, I'm actually glad somebody asked you to do that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Horizontal Harris, how does one cope with living with a roommate who's a sheep? Oh. Thinking of uh, hay on the floor. Uh, thinking of moving to Florida. Hopefully there's not as many NPCs like here in Austin. Um, that's a good question. I haven't, uh, I haven't I can, lived with I a can, sheep Let me answer that time. one. Have you? Have you? You know some? No. No, I haven't. Okay. Um, but uh, but I have, you know, friends who disagree with me and who maybe I would say are more uh, plugged into the the matrix stuff. You know, I have a friend who um, I'm just trying to think if she would mind if I talk. She probably wouldn't mind if I talk about this. When she she moved in with me, she didn't know, and she doesn't watch the show or anything. And and, and this funny thing happened where. Uh, my friend, Mystery Chris, who's been on the show, um, we, we went we went for a walk before the election and we there was a Republican office in my little town. And we went in there and we were talking to them and they were they had a bunch of lawn signs and stuff. And they said, Yeah, like they had a whole list of people in our neighborhood who had their had their lawn their Donald Trump lawn signs removed. People were stealing their signs. And he was like, Yeah, we've had people have to come back and get replacements and everything. And I felt bad for them. And, and so we bought, we paid five bucks and we bought a sign. Although I'm not the kind of person who usually puts a sign in my lawn, except for local elections. So anyway, we brought it home and we were laughing the whole way home, walking home. Like, oh, anybody who's driving by right now, they're, they're probably like, because it's like a black guy and a white lady who looks woke. They, they probably think we stole this sign out of someone's yard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They probably think we're one of the sign thieves. Right. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, anyway, I put it in my, in my backyard. And when she moved in, I wasn't here. I had to be, I was on the road for something. And then when I got home afterwards, the election had happened and we were all sitting around talking. And at one point she had this moment of realizing, cause she's like a Biden supporter, I guess. 
And she had this moment of realizing she was like, wait a minute, are you, are you, a, did do you vote for Trump? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I thought he was the most liberal candidate. That's why, you know, and she was like, and we just started laughing. She had no idea. And she was like, you know, I saw that sign in your backyard and I just thought you stole it. Like, <laughs> like I just thought, why would you have that? Um, this is the kind of assumptions, you know, people will make. But anyway, I bring this up because we kind of joked about it at the time. And I was thinking, oh, is she not going to live with me? And she did. She's a good person and a, and a good friend. And, you know, uh, we we talk occasionally about the stuff that's happening in the news. And um, we have a difference of opinion. And, and uh, you know, uh, you know, one of her other friends I've talked with definite difference of opinion, but open-minded and they're able to listen and I'm able to listen to, to them. And so all this is building up to say, it depends on what kind of, I don't, I don't exactly know um, what kind, you know, what your roommate believes, but them being a Biden voter or whatever, I don't think that that precludes you from having a relationship. I don't. Um, and even if, if they're not very tuned in to, the censorship that's happening and the, um, you know, the culture war that we talk about, I still don't think that precludes you from having a relationship. The the people that it's hard to have a relationship with are the ones who are plugged into the system, but they're plugged in like directly to the propaganda mainline. And they um, are very active. They are engaged, they're very active online at spitting out everything the propaganda machine says. Those people, it is harder to be friends with because they're very convinced that they're right and that they know everything. They don't, they're not humble about, you know, oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't know that you would, I would never have imagined that you would vote this way. Tell me why. They're not like that. They automatically, they hear that and they automatically assume all those things about you. Oh, you must be white supremacist. You must be a sexist. You must be, you know, an evil person. Um, so those people, if you're living with someone like that, who's very close minded and hateful, my advice would be to get out of that situation. <laughs> but, um, but if they just have a difference of opinion and they vote differently or whatever, and they're kind of unaware of things like that's fine. As long as they're, it, it, you know, you, you can be friends with people. I'm still friends with people who believe in social justice, a few people, um, because they're open-minded enough to still be friends with me. So that's kind of a long answer, but um, if they're close-minded and they're hate hateful towards you, I would say get out of that situation because it can't be good to live with someone who doesn't, you know, who who is that prejudiced against you. So kind of rambly. Okay, that was long. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but, I think it was, it was good. Uh, Dancing with Consciousness says, check out People So Stupid by Tom. It's my fave. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's the one where he's dressed. He's like a newscaster. Oh, I do know that one. I did watch that one. Yeah. 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 Um, next one. Oh, I think I can actually put the next one on the screen. <laughs> I'll fight you naked says, what's the sign about, Carter? It like speaks to me. Of course it does. I'll fight you naked. Because uh, you're naked. Um, the sign is about... Uh, I was just re this week reminded me of the emperor's new clothes story. That's all, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to yell at the top of my lungs. He's naked. The emperor has no clothes. Um, 
I think everyone knows that story, but for those of you who don't, because I know not everyone maybe grew up in uh, American culture or Western culture, it's the it's this it's this tale of a, a king who's um, I guess a little bit of a narcissist, and these these uh, charlatans come to sell him allegedly magic magic cloth, and the, and the only virtuous people can see the cloth, and everyone else can't see the cloth. Um, so it's mm. it's invisible, and and only the virtuous people I think can actually even feel it or whatever, right? So they they are showing him nothing, and like he is not confident enough to admit that he's not virtuous <laughs> or can't see anything. So he's like, "Yes, I would like robes made out of this." So they pretend, and they they uh, I think they end up stealing a bunch of money from him and whatever. But they pretend to make these garments, and they give him these garments, and he. Um, he asks people around in, in his castle, like, how do they look? And he's standing there butt naked and everyone's like, uh, you look great. Cause everyone's afraid to <laughs> say that, like, I don't want the king to think I'm not virtuous and blah, blah, blah. So he ends up parading around town naked. And, uh, the only person who says anything is a child who obviously doesn't get the social pressure involved or the consequences of any of this. And, just like points at him he's like he's he's naked uh and as soon as the child says it everyone else is like yeah like they all realize that he's actually naked and it was all a farce and this week between um you know what was said about tom mcdonald at, at first i we did originally think that he was canceled but it turns out he wasn't but what's been said about tom mcdonald but, but more importantly uh the the farce around the impeachment which we'll get to and the farce around uh, the outrage over Gina Carano, which we will get to. Um, I just, there's this, uh, the cathedral is is really, is really wrapped up in the same cloth that the emperor was wearing. They have spent all this time with this elaborate farce mm -hmm. where you're supposed to believe they act like they, they, dress all the stuff in the legitimate language. They ask, they act like everything they're saying is completely legitimate. Yeah. That it's legitimate to be having this even patron trial in the first place. That it's le legitimate the, to, to look at Trump's video, for example, we'll get into it, but look, it's like, it's legitimate to look at it and say, oh yes, this is definitely incitement. Like it's totally, there's no legitimacy about any of this. There's no legitimacy about being mad at Gina Carano for what she put on Instagram, which we'll talk about. Like, it's just, there's no legitimacy for any of this, but so many of us are cowards. We're too afraid to say, hey, Cathedral, you got no clothes. Your story is naked. It is stupid. There's nothing there. It is all a farce. You've made up all of this. There's nothing to be outraged by here. This is a big, giant nothing burger. That's the purpose of the sign. I know that was also <laughs> rambling a little bit, but that's that's why I put the sign up there. Okay. Um. Are we good? Jeanette, we have a couple more. Jeanette says, I messed up, meant to send a message with that super chat regarding Topher from Topher Town Music. Similar thing happened to him as Tom. Check out his song, The Patriot. Very, very inspiring. I don't know that one. Do you know that one, Carrie? I don't. Uh, we'll I'll look at that one. Thank you for that one. Um, JLO Flicks says, looking forward to seeing you on Friday Night Tights again. Oh, 
Yes. So thank you. And tonight I'll be, I'll be hanging with those, uh, the guys, the nerdrotic guys on Friday night tights. If you guys want to tune in, I think it's going to start around 4 PM Texas time. So pretty soon after this show. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Cause I know they're fired up to talk about Gina Carano and it's something I have a lot to say about too. So I won't feel like I, you know, sometimes if it's, if it's about a specific show, I don't watch or something. I'm like, Oh, I don't have a lot to say about that, but uh, I'm look here. I'm po- I, despite what happened to her, I'm feeling very positive. Like I'm feeling fired up. And so as soon as we get through these super chats, we'll talk about her and why, but I think yes. this is the start of, of a great opportunity and something good. We can take this negative. You can take this negative of cancel culture of things that are happening to people, people in the public eye who uh, express wrong think, you can take it and you can turn it into an opportunity and, and have, anyway, I have a lot of thoughts about that. So I'm excited to talk Good. to those guys. Well, there's another super chat about it from London fog 66, which says hail unsafe space, excited for FNT tonight. Woohoo! So another one, um, by the way, I have possibly my book. less exciting. I am also doing a thing tonight on, uh, on frame of mind. It's, a Valentine's Day special, and there's like three or four guys and three or four gals, and we're uh, supposedly we're all wearing bathrobes. I don't know why there's a bathrobe theme, and we're going to talk about love and sex and other. I heard because so. it's a Valentine's Day show. Is, yeah, I guess. I guess that's the. I guess that's. Is, are bathrobes very Valentine'sy? Well, I don't know. I think it, I, I think so. so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Antonio Card. Dinas says, uh, did you know that the Daily Wire has teamed up with Gina? Yes, we do. And we will talk about it. Yeah, Thank you for the reminder. That's exciting. Um, all right. So, which, which, by the way, I think is a good segue into Gina Carano. Yeah. Why don't we first talk about her cancellation stuff? Yes. Um, so I uh, actually think before we even talk about what she d- did recently, it's worth, uh, it's worth noting where she's been standing with the cathedral and and Hollywood generally, because this is not her first offense. Um, she has already made some enemies. So here's a here's an article from the Hollywood Reporter about uh, the fact that she's been dropped. So so Gina Carano, for those of you who don't know, she was um, she was a star, one of the one of the leading. Uh, characters, I think her name was uh, Cara Dune in Mandalorian, which uh, I have said previously has saved my love of Star Wars. It was an excellent series, uh, despite everything else Star Wars has done to itself. And by the um, way, and and having in that show, I mean, I've I've seen her regularly referred to as Disney's like favorite star, fan favorite at the moment. Yeah, like she's the she biggest is star. Very liked. Very well liked. And one of the things I like about her actually is she's a former uh, like Muay Thai and MMA person. Mm-hmm. And so mostly when you see a lot of times when you see Hollywood have a woman who is beating up buff guys, it's just so unbelievable that it's hard to like when a 90 pound waif like, like Mia Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, it's like, OK, that's cute that you think there's anything realistic there, but it's just so dumb. I like I I can't suspend disbelief. She's kind of a badass. Like yes. she, she's like in real life a badass. She looks like a badass. It's believable that she's a badass in the mo- in the show because 
she's actually a badass. Because she's um, actually a badass. <laughs> like good so, casting. Imagine that. Yeah. Cast someone really well realistic cast. for the part. How yeah, imagine so, that. Uh so yeah, so I I mean I really like her and I like our character as, as as a lot of people do, but she was she was dropped. I mean, she was dropped from UTA, and they had said they were going to make a, uh, another series that might include her earlier. But uh, they they stopped saying that in November because of some other stuff that she's done. Now, UTA is United Talent Agency. This is if you're not a Hollywood person, this is basically how she gets jobs, right? You get repped yeah. by an uh, an agency, and they shop you around. So her spineless job, right? agents. Not only did Disney drop her, their biggest star. But her spineless agents, the people that she's been paying a portion of her income for who right. knows how long. The people who make a percentage off of the her existence. The people who make a percentage <laughs> off of her existence and her success dropped her. The spineless cowards, which right. doesn't surprise me at all. A lot of agents are spineless cowards. I've, I think that's an Anecdotally, agent, the ones I've met, a lot of them, <laughs> sure. So anyway, uh, just, so, just so you know, this is a quote from someone from Lucasfilm. They've been looking for a reason to fire her for two months. <laughs> so that's where we're, that's the context of where we are. The, the things that she did in the past. Now, this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. I'm going to show you how they characterize things here. But um, they, she, uh, last November, she issued contentious tweets. I love how tweeting is now issuing tweets. It makes it sound very and, official. And notice how they tell, they tell you what to think about it. This is right. all, they always do this. They're always telling you not what happened, but what to think about what happened. They're telling you the tweets are contentious. Um, the thing is, and I'll, I'll, I think you guys know like this. People say you like this, right? Don't, don't tell they, me what I like. um, people, the, the SJWs, uh, the people on, on, on Twitter who are SJWs have a very disproportionately loud voice and they have a lot of power with that voice. And we've seen them influence the New York Times, for example. We've seen them engage in these cancel culture mobs and actually get people canceled when this isn't, they, they're not representative of the public at large. They're certainly not representative of Disney Plus subscribers or of fans of The Mandalorian. It's this tiny little online group of SJWs, most of whom probably don't even watch The Mandalorian, probably don't even have a Disney Plus subscription. But okay. they decided her tweets are contentious, okay? But this news article is going along with that and saying, they're saying that it's contentious. Here we go. Yep. And and we've talked about this technique before, but it is when you read the mainstream media, be aware of them doing the analysis for you and giving you the conclusion rather than giving you the facts and, and letting you decide for yourself because that's how they do a lot of this. So what, one of the things that was supposedly contentious is she, and again, this is their characteristic. She mocked mask wearing. Well, I looked at her mocking of mask wearing. This is what it was. Uh, this is for those of you listening. It's an image that says breaking news, Democratic government leaders. And then it says, now recommend we all wear blindfolds along with masks so we can't <laughs> see what's really going on. And it shows them putting masks <laughs> on their eyes. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Fire this lady. <laughs> now, now, by the way, this is actually not mask. This is not mocking mask wearing, by the way. No, it's this not. This is mocking Democrats, but it's not mocking mask wearing. So they even got that wrong. They got it wrong. But so that was that was one thing. And then the other thing that she did, they say she falsely suggested voter fraud. Okay, let's look at that tweet. This was two days after the election. She says, we need to clean up the election process so we're not left feeling the way we do today. Okay, so that's not a suggestion of voter fraud. 
put laws in place that protect us against voter fraud. Well, that's a good idea. Sure. By the way, they were all talking about voter fraud for four years. For right. Four years. <laughs> Investigate every state. Okay. Film the counting. Flush out the fake votes. Require ID. Make voter fraud end in 2020. Fix the system. Okay. So she believes that there's problems with the system and that it should be fixed. That should not be. This is not. There's nothing. This is there's nothing offensive about this. No, there's nothing controversial about this. Right. I mean, some people might say the system doesn't need to be fixed. It's fine. That's okay. She can have an opinion that it does need to be fixed. But there's nothing. This is an outrage. Someone saying, "Hey, I think we need a new law about blankety blank." Isn't like that's not a. That's not a an offensive thing or new. You can't. There's nothing to get upset about here. I mean, I guess if you were saying we need a new law to, you know, round you, people of a certain ethnicity up and do something, that would be offensive. But she's talking about like, hey, we need a fair thing to make sure that we need a fair law to make sure that uh, voting is fair. We need to we need to make sure the laws are in place to make sure voting is fair and legitimate. Who would disagree with that? The only disagreement would be, well, I think we're already there, Gina. That's what that's what your disagreement could be, but not the the intent behind it. So. I have a, a a comment about this. Do you notice the way they move? I, this is one of the things I hate the most about about this tactic, this cancel culture tactic, is we've talked a lot about the Overton window and 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 how it moves, and Overton window being um, sort of the range of acceptable opinions in the mainstream, and they've really moved it way over to the SJW left, so that. So that opinions that are centrist or classically liberal or uh, just center right or mainstream conservative are now being called far right. Those things are being called far right because. Yeah, I'd like to point out something. Not only have they moved it to the left, they've closed it. It's been getting narrower. It's been getting narrower. Yes, that's true. And so one of the things I hate about this cancel culture is that they force us to have the conversation where they want it. And then they force us to have absurd conversations like like this. I mean, uh, we should be having it, but that's where we're are, we are now. But see how they've gotten us to even have to de- things that we shouldn't have to defend. You shouldn't have to defend someone being able to say this. It's this is there's nothing at all controversial about this. There's nothing wrong with saying this. And now we have to we actually have to go in and and on their territory like. Here's why freedom of speech is important. And here's why it's okay to say that you think voter fraud's bad. And of course, voter fraud is bad. You know, like, but we have to explain this now. We They, they pull us over to their territory. Yeah. That's just a little rant. I don't know. I just, everything about this, and and when I know you're going to get to the the other tweets as well, but especially what she said about, um, about uh, Jewish people prior to the Holocaust like that. I'm like, we have to have this argument now on, on your terms with your moving goalposts. That's really, that's what we have to do now. Yeah. Well, because, because that window has gotten a been, it's been moving to the left for a while, but it's, now it's also been narrowing to the point of if you don't have this particular single year, singular opinion about the state of the world, it's the wrong opinion. Like, and it's, and you can't talk about it. You can only have, you can only believe that the 2016 election was an absolute fraud and fake and rife with, with voter fraud and manipulation and horrible. And that the 2020 election was perfect in every way. 
and there was never any voter fraud or any problems. That's that's the those are the allowed opinions. Anything outside of that, not allowed. Not allowed. You can't talk about it. It's offensive. So, so okay. So they say. So here's. So then they've been gunning for her for months. Here's what she did. What did she do? What did she do? Because by the way, what she did is an Instagram post. You can look at her Instagram. It's pretty. You know. Tame. tame. There's <laughs> it's nothing. A tame Instagram. I mean, she does. <gasps> Shockingly, she quotes Thomas Sowell once. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's amazing uh, how much panic one honest man can spread among a multitude right. of people. One honest black economist strikes <laughs> yeah. fear in the hearts. I mean, Thomas Sowell, by the way, if when I was in the SJW world, I didn't even know who he was. They had so they have so effectively tried to carve him out they of him. they've yeah, of acceptable people to to read. And and we're gonna do one of his books in book club uh hopefully well definitely this year at some time so i'm excited but. so here's her here's her offensive instagram post boom i'll read it for those who are listening jews were beaten in the streets not by nazi soldiers but by their neighbors even by children and then she says a sad face emoji emoji because history is edited most people today don't realize that to get to the point where nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? And then she has a uh, a picture. Image. I don't know if this is from the Dead Kennedys album cover or whatever, but it looks like an image from Nazi Germany of someone being chased. So this is her horrible thing. Her sin was that she compared... Uh, a culture of telling everyone to hate someone because of their political views uh, to, hey, you know, spreading this kind of hatred for people uh, can be dangerous. Look what happened in the past. This was it. This got her canceled. Disney, Disney let her go. UTA let her go. Um, this was the this was the horrible, horrible thing that Gina Carano dare say. Now, as you pointed out, Carrie, this is on the heels of Anderson Cooper comparing January 6th to a Rwandan genocide of 800,000 people. So no hyperbole there. That's fine. This comparison, fine. Um, you can also can look say, at, yeah, go ahead and show what he said. Yeah, he can say... <laughs> We've seen it in Bosnia. We've seen it in Rwanda, where radios was telling, I don't know what his grammar thing is going on, but where radios was telling people, you know, Hutus were telling the radio listeners that the Tutsi were cockroaches, you know, getting them ginned up for genocide. Cooper said Tuesday on CNN while speaking with Representative Adam Kinzinger. And you see it in these videos where people who claim they are patriots are in the face of a police officer, Cooper said. So... This guy, part of the cathedral, can get up on national TV and say, hey, uh, some people breaking into the Capitol building, a little, bit of, a little bit of rioting is equivalent to, or uh, I guess can be compared to, the same kind of comparison, 800,000 people being killed in Rwanda. But Gina can't say, by the way, uh building up an environment of hate 
where you tell people to hate hate other groups of people based on some difference is dangerous and it can lead and, to really bad things. And by the way, I think his compare I, I obviously think his comparison is wrong. I think Anderson Cooper's comparison is wrong. Sure. But I don't think that it's um he I don't think he was saying this is just like Rwandan genocide. He wasn't saying that. But let me let me just Nor highlight she's saying that. No, no, exactly. But let me just highlight someone who is saying that. This is a really popular Twitter user named Brooklyn Dad. Some of you are familiar with him. He's a huge SJW. This is something he tweeted. Um, 7,000 likes at the time. This was screenshot. Brooklyn Dad says, Republicans say we shouldn't be impeaching and convicting Trump because he's not in office anymore. But we chased bin Laden for years and invaded a country that wasn't even involved in 9-11. January 6th was worse. Hold him accountable. He's saying yep. that January 6th was worse than 9-11. Now, this is this is an actual comparison of two events. He is saying, here's January 6th, here's 9-11, January 6th is worse. This That's disgusting. I saw this and I was so repulsed. It's so disgusting what he's doing. Um, and, and this kind of comparison is what they're falsely claiming Gina Carano did and what they're, and it, 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 and it's not what she did. And it's also not what Anderson Cooper did. And I wanted to make that right. distinction because I see this a lot when you talk about um, uh, if, when you compare the behavior of people, or if you, like, if you say, the same the the behavior of these these Karens who are snitching on their neighbors for not wearing masks or for going out during the lockdown the behavior of these Karens is just like in Soviet Russia the behavior of people that were turning in their neighbors and turning in their friends and family they want to say to you oh you're saying that not wearing that that our current situation is just like gulags no i'm not no i'm not that's a, and and what they're doing is deceitful there they're trying to put words in your mouth um, and they're purposefully playing this sleight of hand magic trick where they're trying to say that 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 you said something you didn't. And so I've seen they, they all of the fallout. They know it too. They're they not. know it too. Well, some of them are dumb though. Some of them that repeated are dumb. But they what all of the articles and we can get to some of these mainstream articles and legacy media articles about Gina Carano. But they're all playing this sleight of hand. They're all saying. And then when it gets filtered down to the dummies, the dummy NPCs on social media, I've seen them all repeating it. And they're saying Gina Carano said that our what's happening currently is just like the Holocaust. No, she did not say that. And this is important. I really wanted to make this distinction. This is very important. Comparing the behavior of people, the psychology of people um, from is something that's useful and we should be doing because that's how you prevent things like what we saw happen in the Soviet Union, what we saw happen in Maoist China, what we saw happen in Nazi Germany, is that you are aware of the, 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 um, the different types of indoctrination and dehumanization and you make sure that you don't engage in those as a culture again. This is important to do. This is what we we read about in, in book club when we read the book Ordinary Men, which was about Reserve Battalion 101, um, which was a police reserve battalion. And it was a book about how how do you get ordinary guys who are, who are dentists and, and doctors and, and whatever, how do you get and, and part of the reserve police? How do you then how did Hitler get these ordinary guys to start killing people? to participate in murder and genocide. Um, and the book, the second half of the book is very interesting because it goes into 
psychologically how good people or people who are thought of as your good, good people, your neighbors and people, you know, how large portions of society can be convinced to do very evil things. And that's what she's talking about. And we should be talking about these things and we should be pointing them out when we see them and, and don't let people put words in your mouth and say, Oh, you're saying this is just like the Holocaust or worse or whatever. That's not what she said. That's what Brooklyn dad said. He said that he said, January 6th is worse than 9-11. That's exactly what he said. And people in the legacy media are retweeting that and liking it while trying to accuse her of something that he did that she didn't do. I don't know if I made that point clearly enough, but I hope I did. Yeah, I mean, what they do generally is they... it. Here's why I just view it all as dishonest, although agreeing with you that, yes, some people are just dumb and they parrot dishonesty. Um, the left will, whenever it's convenient for them, pretend as if similes and metaphors are literally non-existent. It, there's no such thing as a simile or metaphor when it's convenient. So Trump can say something, make a comparison or whatever, and suddenly the idea that there's a it's a, it's a metaphor or that it's, it's a simile totally totally lost can't possibly she she can gina can say hey this is what happened to jews in in nazi germany this is why it's important to understand what happened beforehand she can be drawing a comparison to today and they can, and they it's like when they want to poof the existence of metaphor just vanishes from existence from the face of the earth it doesn't exist so now they look at that and say she is drawing an equivalence between those two things. No, she's yeah. drawing a comparison. Comparison is not equivalence, but yes. And they just do it intent. They do it intentionally. Well, they do it the, intentionally. And the dumb people on social media will will just spit out things they've heard that they don't even understand. And I've seen them. They'll repeat phrases they can't even define if you ask them to. They'll say things that they can't define. And they'll come in and they'll say false equivalence, false equivalence. And it's like, no, I'm not even making an equivalence. I'm comparing right. two things and I'm not even comparing the things you say I am. Right. Like in talking about authoritarian measures like lockdowns and mass mandates, I saw this a lot at the beginning, at the beginning of all these authoritarian measures. When some of us were, were pointing out, again, comparing the behavior of these mask holes, these, these people who want to report you for not complying with the government's authoritarian measures, comparing that behavior and saying that's similar to the behavior of people throughout history who have supported tyranny from the government. And then they want to say false equivalence. You're drawing an equivalence between the Holocaust and what's happening now. No, I'm not. I mean, and, and you're either you, dishonest you or you're, you're either dishonest or you're too stupid to know what you're saying when you, when you yeah, come I back mean, at someone like that. Maybe I'm being generous saying they're dishonest. I don't know. No, a lot of them are just dumb. Say they're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, you remember, do you remember the the essays in high school that would start with compare and contrast X to Y? Like that's like a standard format. So yeah. you can compare things without making them equivalent. These are similar in this way and these are different in this way. That's, you know, she could have followed up if she, like if it was relevant with this is how Jews and Nazis we're different than what's going on today. Obviously there's differences. We all know there's differences. She's pointing out a similarity. That's all she's doing. And there's nothing wrong with that.
This reminds right. me of when um, John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon, who's also a public figure and someone in the, the creative sphere in the music world who is not woke, who I'm sure they would at some point, they're going to love to try and tear him down. Um, Sean Lennon tweeted something about all the mass censorship that we're seeing. And he said something about, you know, imagine if Stalin had had access to the internet. Imagine if Stalin had happened during a time like today when, when social media is a thing and that's where most of the public square exists is online and people reacted in the same way. Oh my God, you're comparing people getting banned by a private company to gulags. And it's like, no, again, you're either a liar or an idiot to say that. Or yes, I'm comparing them, but I'm not saying oh, no, the He same. said equivalent. Yeah. You're saying it's, right. it's equivalent. No, no. And, and you can compare the political climate. You can compare the actions of the two. And, 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 and he was right. He was right. Yeah. Because if Stalin, if we, if, if Stalin existed now, if that was happening now with the internet, I mean, imagine the agit prop they'd be putting out. Imagine all the people censored. Like, and and anyway, I just that's a little nitpick of mine because I see it happen, and I'm sure it happens to people in our audience. And if someone tries to do that to you online when you're making a legitimate comparison and they try to accuse you of a false equivalency, tell them to either quit lying or to get smart enough for the conversation that you're trying to have. Right. All right. Uh I want to do a super chat because, oh, by the way, this wasn't a super chat, but I just thought it was funny. Jeremy says, LOL, silly Carter. Now the problem is X is Y. Explain how. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that is now the problem. X is Y. Explain why. Explain how. Um, Denise Rickenbach gives us 50 bucks and just says, sending a little cabbage your way to show my support and appreciation. <laughs> Thanks for the cabbage. That cabbage in there. Thanks for the cabbage. <laughs> is, there a, is there a cool way to say thank you? Uh, I don't know, but that's Jake. That's Jake. And it's I'm going to, yeah, I don't know what you guys are, are doing this weekend, but I'm going to be hoofing and chinning down at my local dance easy. <laughs> Thomas St. Thomas says, pointing out Nazis as the gold standard for evil, which the left does, uh, and then criticizing people for using Nazism as the template for recognizing evil is hypocrisy. Hail Gina. Yes, it is. Yes. Yes, it and, is. And but, that's a great point. Can Of course. Hypocrisy. Can, can I? Yeah, so so they've been, by the way, they've been doing the very thing that they're accusing her of doing. We know this. It's right out in the open. This is, I'm glad you put Emperor Has No Clothes up there. He's naked as up for your sign today because they're acting like we haven't seen this with our own eyes for four years. They've been calling Trump Hitler. They've been making the comparisons to Nazi Germany. They've been calling anyone who voted for him a Nazi or a Nazi sympathizer. And even in some of the takedown legacy media pieces, the hit pieces against her, they are simultaneously accusing her of making a gross equivalency and of being an anti-Semite and of being a racist, while in the same breath, they continue to push these same lies about Trump. And they can, and they say it as if it's truth. As, well, and Trump, who never uh, disassociated himself from white supremacy and from Nazis. And it's like, yeah, he did countless times because you asked him countless times, unlike any other president. And he had to do that over and over and over and over. And you're here in 2021 writing a news article and pretending like the truth isn't true. I think they're particularly triggered by her, her 
so because they have Nazis as the gold standard, they've they've pointed out for the gold standard of evil, um, which they I think first really started introducing around Trump's um, uh, candidacy uh, that that they really started upping their their game in terms of using that as the gold standard because they're using that as the gold standard. It's particularly bothersome when she compares <laughs> them to that, right? She's compa- oh. she's throwing their own standard in their face. Yeah, that's what like she pro- she might have gotten away with it if she had talked about Chinese Cultural Revolution or something like if she talked about something else. She might have gotten away with it, but this was still still they hate her. So you know, like, they were looking we're for reasons. We're the ones but, that get to make Nazi comparisons, not you. Right. Yeah. How wait? You're comparing us to our standard of evil? That's how dare you, right? While we behave yeah. like Nazis, right? Um, While we ban okay. and censor and you know, and, and, and support authoritarian policies. How dare you point out our hypocrisy? Right. Uh, Penumbra, Penumbra Syndicate says, Carrie, don't you mean Beep was fired by <laughs> Disney for poop views? Yes. I would just like yes, to say. She, does, she did mean that. There was this dude on uh, on Twitter who was trying to accuse her. So, by the way, this is something else that's been happening. They've been relentlessly, the online social justice mob on Twitter has been relentlessly trying to get her fired for months and months and months. Um, They didn't like that she put, you know how the social justice warriors always put pronouns in their bio. You can always, half the time you get into an argument with someone who's like real dyed in the wool SJW, you don't even have to go to the, you know, you know what's in their profile. You know, it's like putting a cross on your profile if you're a Christian. They're like, here's my religion right here. You know, he, him, his or whatever. And so she did that in her bio. She put beep, bop, boop, which is kind of like a robot. It's kind of funny. And they can't stand you joking. Oh, they can't stand you joking about their, it's sacrilegious. This is a sacred thing. The pronouns are sacred. How dare you? And actually on that one, she retracted it and said, I didn't understand how offensive sorry. And she, she took it away. She did take Um, it away, but I wouldn't have, but either way, they, what's funny is when they come after you, and uh, one guy kept calling her transphobic. I was like, what it, What evidence? Please show me evidence. They never like to show evidence because they don't have it. Show me what she said. Well, beep, boop is evidence for them, I think. that's enough. They, but, it's, but they're wrong. It's not evidence. And I knew there was no evidence. And I kept saying, show me evidence, show me evidence. And so finally, this guy sends a screenshot of beep, bop, boop. And I'm like, that's that's not transphobic. You're you're an idiot. Like, you're, that's not transphobic. And by the way, I didn't know those were her pronouns, but I've noticed that, or, or Beep's pronouns, I noticed that you haven't been using Beep's pronouns this entire argument. And yet, so isn't that, <laughs> isn't that transphobic? Because Boop told you what to call Boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Azor says, this behavior is how we get to gulags. That is correct. And that's the thing. It's like, how dare you compare the pre-authoritarian uh like, how dare you look at history, at pre-authoritarian behavior, and compare it to current behavior, saying it might lead to authoritarianism? Yeah, well, that's why that's why she's doing it, because it might lead to authoritarianism. Uh, Marie Buskey says, we should write a parody anti-woke version to imagine and see if Sean Lennon retweets. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, Marie. Marie uh, Buskey, as long as you sing it with your New Zealand accent, it'll be a hit. Everyone loves everyone loves hearing from you. You have a, a beautiful accent. accent. Yeah. Uh, Turk Longwell says, loved your P- Peter Feliciano episode. Thank you, Turk. Uh, <laughs> My cheeks are getting flushed just from you mentioning it. 
There was a lot of swearing <laughs> for Carrie. It was and <laughs> it was yeah, some a pretty much. graphic. Yeah, <laughs> a little it's much okay. for Carrie. Uh, Tatiana says, "Hi, beautiful people. Did you miss me? It's been a while." Hey, Tatiana, welcome back. Uh, hey, and lady. she gives another one uh, almost immediately after that, and she says. They basically prove her tweet to be fact. Yes. Yeah, you're right. The they did. Behavior. She's like, you know, talking about totalitarianism, authoritarianism, and more importantly, dehumanizing, which the dehumanizing of conservatives is is one of the big things that, that it, it contributed to me waking up from my old belief system because there are people who are in social justice who they're in there with good intention and once they see, it might take a while. It took me 20 years. Um, it's taken some friends longer. I have friends now who are just now waking up. But the way that they dehumanize you, if you're not part of the cult, that's there's nothing liberal or tolerant or progressive about that. It's disgusting. And it's, de and it's, and it's what the Nazis did. And... And she's she was talking about dehumanization, and what did they do? They they depersoned her. We're gonna fire you. We're gonna get rid of you. We're gonna dehumanize you, and we're gonna yeah. print articles and smear really you. Their strong point. Yeah, we're gonna smear you, and we're gonna call you all these awful things that you're not. We're gonna call you yeah. racist and anti-Semite, and and we're gonna dehumanize you. Yeah. All right. Uh... Sun King says, I remember the Iraq protests here in San Francisco in the early 2000s. Everyone was calling the Republicans Nazis and lighting flags on fire. Oi. Yeah, now that you mention that, I do remember that as well. I was in San Francisco during that. And uh, in fact, I think at the time, I had an office on the corner of Market in New Montgomery, which was like right where people, right below our conference room, we were like a few floors up and right below our conference room, People had like chained themselves together in the streets in protest, and there was uh, much to do. I think we had newsrooms in our office, borrowing our conference rooms, so they could take footage. It was a little crazy, and they did, they did use, uh, they did use the Nazi um, uh, slander uh, well, to characterize that. Speaking of which, her co-star, what's his name, Pedro Pascal. Did you see his online social media post comparing uh, Trump voters to Nazis? No. What's his name? Uh, I think it's Pedro Pascal. His last name is Pascal. And if they were being honest about why they fired her, he would have been fired a long time ago. Um, I, I, thought, I see him here. I just don't see all of his posts. Okay, but, I'll see if I can find it for you. If you want to keep doing yeah. super chats, I'll find it. No, oh, we're done with super chats. I, I was. Oh, okay. I, I suggest we switch to something positive about Gina. Yeah. Because there is a silver lining to all of this, and that silver lining is Gina Carano will be producing and starring in an upcoming film for the Daily Wire. So they tried to cancel her. Uh, unfortunately, it won't be a Star Wars film. But uh, they can't cancel us if we don't let them. There's not really much to read about this article uh, other than that. The headline, that's basically the point. Um, she says, 
The Daily Wire is helping make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and my prayer was answered, Carano said in the statement Friday. I'm sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. <gasps> How dare she say that? I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. Yes. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. They can't cancel us if we don't let them. Here, here. Hail Gina. Good job, Gina. So, yeah, she's feeling the freedom of speaking her own mind. Yes, losing a job uh, as uh, as an actress, but opening up uh, other avenues. And it allows her to kind yeah. of focus on what she wants to do and not really worry. Once they've canceled you, there's, you know, it kind of forces you to figure your stuff out. And then you're not canceled after that. See, here's, yeah. I just sent you two images we can put up whenever you have a second. But um. Okay. Here's what I find so positive about what's happening. And the, the reason why I'm not, I'm not remaining in frustration about it or whatever is because like you said, and she says this, she's you're freer than ever now because you're not constrained by fear of what they can take away from you. They've already taken it away from you and you, and you found that you didn't need it. That's what's beautiful. And in my case and in Carter's case, we walked away from what we were afraid of losing so that we didn't even have that fear hanging over our neck. I walked away from my career. Carter walked away from his so that we didn't have that fear so that we could say what we wanted. But either way, once you let go of that fear, that's constraining you, oh gosh, there's no way you'd want to go back to it. Cause once you've tasted that freedom of like, I can say whatever I want and you know, I'll do whatever I need to, to make ends meet so I can say what I want. Like, that's beautiful. Now you're, now they're really going to be scared of you because they don't hold anything over you and there's nothing they can take away that you're afraid of losing. So I can't wait to see what she does next. That's one thing. Okay. So here on the screen, this is her co-star Pedro Pascal tweeted this, or this is on Instagram. It's a picture for anyone who's just listening, not watching it says losers in 1865 and it has a picture of the Confederate flag. And then it says losers in 1945 and it has a picture of the Nazi flag. And then it says losers in 2020 and it has a picture of a make America great again hat. Is so she that was, saying that they're equivalent? Yeah. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so then here's another post of his, he says, hashtag, this is America. And then he's got a picture of Jews in a concentration camp and it says Germany, 1944. And then it's got another photo of children. In an, yeah. Of children in an immigration facility, which I wonder when this picture was taken. Cause as we know, the most famous pictures that the media distributed of so-called kids in cages were from the Obama administration. I wonder if he made sure to find one from Trump's or if he picked one from the Obama era, but He's got a picture of kids uh, in an immigration facility behind these bars, and it says America 2018. So he's comparing that to uh, Jews in a concentration camp. So he hasn't been fired, right? Nope. <laughs> okay. Just want nope. to make sure. Because Disney's woke. Right. Disney's woke. Um, um, but the other – so to get back to the positive things, though. So one is that she's been freed from any fear she had of what she might lose whatever fear was there, if there was any, now she's going to be just even more of a force to be reckoned with. And number two, this is what I find positive about it is we've talked about this when it comes to all the purges happening on social media, the more people they kick off 
the bigger names they kick off, like Trump, people who are forced to go to alternative platforms, the more normies who are going to follow and the more, the greater a chance that these alternative platforms have of surviving and of building something, building a parallel company for social media. And the same is true for entertainment. A lot of people now are talking about how David Raboy is talking about this a little bit, like how we're going to have to, I think what might happen is that we're going to see a parallel economy emerge. We've already seen it happening in comic books. People are doing their own independent comics. Now Um, we see it in music with things like Tom McDonald independently hitting number one on the charts, not supported by any part of the apparatus or the machine. Um, The one place that has seemed insurmountable has been movies and film because the budgets required are so large. If you want to make something like a game of Thrones or some, you know, you need a lot of money, you need a studio. And so the, the, it seems daunting to have to create an an entire companies and studios and, and and production companies that are doing um, large scale films and series. Um, But look what just happened. She's going to be doing a series or is it a series or a film? With the Daily it's Wire, a film. a film with the yeah. Daily Wire. There's a need. Yeah. There's a need. There's a vacuum. There's a hole there. There's a, a niche that needs to be filled. It's like somebody needs to start making films uh, and 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 series that are that are uh, not a part of this sensor, sensorial authoritarian machine. Not a part of the cathedral. And so now you've got this free agent, so to speak. You've got this this. Uh, talented star who has a lot of uh, support nationally and a lot of fans and she's going to help them and and spearhead this new entertainment project and god bless them i hope they pull it off they've never done a film as far as i know and you know good luck for them but that yeah daily wire and and they did one did they well i think they have done a film before yeah um i mean we don't know like it's cosmically (laughs) Like it's cosmically not too bad timing for a lot of this cancel stuff because just separate from cancel culture, you have seen artists move independent uh, in music a while ago, right? The Mm -hmm. the Napster era brought brought the record labels to their knees, and a lot of artists started becoming independent. You've seen a lot of independent filmmaking and television. I mean, as late as uh, the Guild was a a web a pretty cheap (laughs) web series, right? That helped. Uh, launched Felicia Day's career, I think. Maybe she was in stuff before then, but like it certainly um, propelled her forward. So I think we are in an era where the prices have been coming down. The realistic, it's becoming more and more realistic to to produce content on your own. And so it's certainly a lot better than if cancel culture was like this 20 years ago, uh, where it would have been way more difficult now it's it's becoming kind of feasible. It's totally realistic for Tom McDonald's to make his own music videos, for example. And it's becoming realistic to make, you know, some movies. You're probably not going to make blockbuster, you know, huge, uh, you know, blow them up. Uh, what's the Ridley Scott movies, right? That Those those are still high production uh, budgets, but a lot of stuff has come down. So, uh, and this is, this is just helping that. So, Zach Adamson, I- go ahead. I just saw a Sorry. super chat that said, word is that that picture, Andrew Pascal's tweet of the children behind right. bars is from, okay, this is from, oh, 
it's we're gonna screaming. do super chats to, yeah well fardo, fardo hard says where does those kids in cages picture and pedro's tweet were of palestinian kids in palestine i don't know if that's true but that would be certainly absurd <laughs> He's if not the only not, person that said that. I think a couple people in chat said that if too. If it's so not maybe, even America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not surprising. They don't care about facts. So uh, Zach Adamson says, what happened to the old internet rule where the first person to call somebody a Nazi during an argument loses? Um, well, I don't that, actually think that was the rule, right? You're talking about Godwin's law, and that was just a rule. That was just a law that uh, yeah, but on the, the internet discussion goes on, the more likely someone will mention will compare something to Hitler or not. But no, I've, I've yeah. heard of that rule and, and they don't follow that rule anymore. Zach, you know that they've been doing that for four years. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that was followed. Uh, Alex Lindstrom says, Oh wait, where's, let me see again. I can make, maybe put him up on screen. Hold on here, Alex. Um, yes, I can. Boom. Uh, Alex says they're committed to the idea that Trump and Trump supporters slash conservatives are the only Nazis in this country. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't use the word only there because uh, they're not Nazis, <laughs> but uh, they are committed to the idea that they are Nazis and they are committed just like the Antifa anti-fascist thing. They're committed to like, well, we're anti-Nazi, therefore we can't possibly be doing anything that's similar to fascism because we're anti-fascism. Like that's yeah. it's that it's that kind of. Uh, it's that kind of brain dead analysis. It's like um, they say, um, hey, we support Black Lives Matter. That means we can't possibly be voting for policies that actually hurt black families and black children. Right. 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 Because we have this word that we support. Um, and then we'll put Fardo's, Fardo Hard's <laughs> message up on screen there. But Carrie already got to it. So uh, <laughs> I think it might be a good time, Carrie, to we have we have a remote reporter standing by it might be a good time to go to our a remote reporter to talk about something that has uh been in the news all week i have thankfully avoided watching any impeachment stuff what about you carrie have you watched any impeachment stuff no because i think it's a big distraction while all this other stuff's going on like all the like the, the, it's meant to be a distraction the same way the first one was it's just a show trial and so I'm, I haven't really paid attention to it because I don't, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time, pay, even if I wanted to, it's, it's hard to watch that stuff all day. But Somebody asked if Tiger is a reporter. Well, yes, but not today. <laughs> is Tiger the reporter? <laughs> uh, could be. The reporter is Jason, a.k.a. Christ, Q-R-I-I-S-T that you've seen in chat he is one of our moderators he lives on the east coast very near all this i don't want to out him so if he wants to i'm glad he's he been lives, paying he attention because i don't know anything that's happening <laughs> he has been not only has he been paying attention he has done extensive research on this stuff and he sent me so much stuff that i was like i can't do this justice let's just have him on the show and ask him so uh Hi, jason, jason. how you doing i'm doing all right how are you he's I just learned something. Oh, good. Is your screen name pronounced Christ? I thought it was Chris. Yes, yeah, the long eye. Oh, okay. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> we have Christ on the show, everyone. Huzzah. Um, <laughs> so, Jason, uh, what the heck has been going on? Can you just start by giving us an overview of 
I, like you used words with me yesterday, like the impeachment manager, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know there was an impeachment manager. Apparently it's representative Jamie Raskin. <coughs> Maybe there's others involved because I saw someone else. Tell me what's, what's going on this week at the very high level, and then we'll get into some stuff. So the impeachment case against President Trump uh, is on an article of impeachment that says that he incited an insurrection at the Capitol on January 6th. The impeachment is being spearheaded by uh, John Neguse, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and um, uh, Mr. Raskin, both of which are House members. So these are members of Congress. Okay. Um, And they spent – they had 16 hours allotted to them over the course of two days, and that's actually – that was technically day two and three. The first day they – disputed the uh they argued the constitutionality of the impeachment in the first place um defense spent has spent today arguing and i've watched the first two hours um and then coffee break started so i was standing by (laughs) (laughs) excellent okay so you've talked about the case against him can you just summarize what because they've they they are moving forward, so I guess they decided that it was constitutional to do, so we can put that aside because I know there's disagreement about the constitutionality, but they've decided that it's constitutional to do this. So now what? Now what is their main case? Like, What's the evidence? What, what, what are the, what's their argument here? Their case is a highlight reel of TDS. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> not being hyperbolic here. This is <clears> – <throat> I mean I'm, I'm not a lawyer. But they're using extremely uh, edited things, such as the very fine people on both sides, quote. And uh, one of the things that they have done is they've actually altered evidence of a tweet. For whatever reason, they added a verification badge, and we saw a – we saw a – piece of evidence from the New York Times where that same tweet was in its like pre-production phase and it you could see that they had the wrong date on it um <clears throat> and I'm not actually answering your question I apologize no that's okay. their claim so, their the yeah. case that they're making actually rests not so much on Trump they say that Trump said go fight right normal political speech used thousands of times right. uh they're saying that that is not protected. And to make that case, they're bringing up the interpretations from the QAnon people, the rioters at the Capitol, and they're showing – they're making a very emotional case to prove something that they can't actually prove because he didn't say, go attack the Capitol. So this is a case, again, of uh, a politician using metaphorical rhetoric and – but in this case, they've just forgotten that metaphor is a thing, and they're saying, well, he used the word fight, and that means go break windows and storm the Capitol and, and hurt people. Mm-hmm. In, in Trump's speech, the transcript <clears throat> shows that he says, we're going to go cheer on our Congress members. We're, we're going to want them to do their duty. Uh, we want to uphold the Constitution. That's not go cause an insurrection. <laughs> Right. That's not a coup. Yeah. Okay. And so, all right, so they've made this case, and I think you were telling me uh, Representative Raskin was bringing up this 
uh, yelling fire in a crowded theater argument as why Trump cannot be, uh, he cannot claim free speech. Correct. Um, <clears throat> he made a he made a case, and let me bring up the correct tab. Raskin argued that Trump was basically shouting fire in a crowded theater, and he he goes on to say uh, he mentions the big lie. Uh, that's what they're calling the election fraud claims. Whatever your opinion on that, those are the claims. Correct. Wow. Okay. Wait. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> but, hold on. I have to interject here. This is amazing because sure. I saw. Online, I saw an old friend of mine who's deeply in the social justice echo chamber say something online recently about the big lie. And I was thinking, well, she's, she hasn't read anything about the big lie. She's not that smart. Why, where did she hear this? Why is she repeating this? Here's, they do this all the time. As soon as someone is effective at showing that the emperor has no clothes and effective um, in calling out what they're really about, they start, they take that thing and try to use it against you. So they try and use, um, people have started pointing to the election itself and the alleged fraud and the, the people who believe that there was fraud have started talking about the big lie because, you know, famously Hitler and Goebbels, you know, they said um, that if you want the public to if you want the public to believe a lie, like the public at large, a large number of people to believe a lie, it has to be as big as possible. It can't be a small lie. It needs to be very big. It has to be so big that they, the human mind can't imagine you lying about something so big. Mm -hmm. And so people have rightly started to call back to that, <clears throat> that stuff and say, you know, this is like the big lie. And so they must have heard that, that people were talking about the results of the election being a big lie. And now what are they doing? They're trying to steal that and, and inoculate their NPC audience from, they have to inoculate them from something like that being effective because God forbid they hear that and think about it and say, that is interesting. So they have to inoculate it by, by being the ones to tell them that phrase and then tell them how to use it. It's amazing to me that they're calling, it's amazing because the big yep. lie is what we're believing. The big lie is what we're believing is that Biden got more votes than Obama. Okay. If you choose to believe that, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I just to had do to do what Trump did with fake news, right? They, yes. They, they say the yes. fake news thing, he stole it and used it against them. They're he trying to it. do the same thing. They're trying yeah. to steal it and use it. Cause I, again, I was wondering, cause I saw her say that in a tweet and I was like, there's no way that she even knows what that's referring to historically. <laughs> like, right. right. Where'd she hear that? Okay. Okay, so let's let's continue. So, uh, I don't even remember where we were. We talked about the crowded fire. We're talking about Raskin fire in a crowded and theater. fire in a crowded theater. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so that one I knew off the top of my head, uh, partly because Carrie's brought it up before, and partly uh, from other discussions elsewhere. So I went and looked it up, and this was a case that was decided many years ago. It's called U.S. v. Schenck, and it's. Uh, it was actually then directly overturned in the SCOTUS. So the great thing about this is that Raskin continuously calls himself a constitutional scholar, right? He's been a constitutional scholar for 30 years. So why doesn't he know this specific case that got directly overturned by the SCOTUS? This is constitutional law. Right. So he's <clears throat> arguing, hey, this is the precedent, when in fact that precedent has been overturned for 40 years. Yes, absolutely. 
Right. And, and that original case is kind of generally viewed as a mistake by the Supreme Court mm -hmm. all around. And then he brought up another case as well, though. Yes, he did. <clears throat> he brought up Brandenburg v. Ohio. In that case, this is actually a pretty fascinating case. So Brandenburg was the leader of a Ku Klux Klan. He made a speech at a Klan rally and was later convicted under an Omaha, I'm sorry, an Ohio criminal syndicalism, syndicalism law. That law made illegal made illegal advocating crime, sabotage, violence, or unlaw unlawful methods of terrorism as a means of accomplishing industrial or political reform. So this is actually this is an avowed racist, right? KKK, who's saying. Yeah. We need to eradicate people, right? So he's the saying horrible issue, things. He is horrible. Like, I wouldn't want to be a friend with this person. Right. So Raskin brings up this case and cites the first verdict. The issue is constitutional scholar Raskin fails to mention that this is also a SCOTUS law, a SCOTUS verdict that overturned. And they held it's a it's a long thing, but the the big thing is the failure to make the distinction rendered between uh, imminent and likely to uh, incite violence and not. That is, if I say we should kill Jews, that's horrible and offensive, but it's protected because we're not saying we should go kill that Jew over there right now. Because there's no so it has to be threat. so SCOTUS rule that had to be like a specific like mm -hmm. something specific okay specific and tangible and likely to be done. The failure okay. to make this distinction rendered the law overly broad and in violation of the Constitution. Okay. So the so, case that he cited, both the cases that he cited, were directly overturned by SCOTUS. And they would actually make the argument for Trump's defense because Trump didn't say anything specific. And mm -hmm. actually, he didn't say, to my knowledge, he, did he didn't not even say, say anything hateful in the Capitol. Right. Like right. he 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 ragged on a little bit of everybody like he does. But it wasn't it wasn't uh, particularly vile. Hell, it wasn't even as bad as he'd done on Twitter before. Well, it's not <laughs> and it's not even as explicit as what Democrats have been doing for four mm -hmm. years and especially what they've been saying publicly about the riots and about um, people accosting public figures, accosting Republicans at restaurants, interrupting their dinner, accosting ordinary people at dinner and forcing them to put up a, a, a black black power fist. And um, I just sent you a graphic. Wait, Carter. Carrie, let me try and pull this thing up that you've sent. Yeah. That's good. Can you guys see that? <laughs> So this is a meme I found online of, of uh, we've got four different Democratic leaders here. Ayanna Presley, this is a quote of hers. There needs to be unrest in the streets. Uh, Kamala Harris, here's a quote. Protesters should not let up. Um, Maxine Waters, do you guys remember this one? This was really famous one. Yeah. Maxine said, Waters is my favorite single digit IQ uh, <laughs> member of Congress. If you see anybody from that cabinet in, in a restaurant, she's talking about President Trump's cabinet. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them. She was telling people to to violently confront Trump cabinet. That's members. a lot more specific. That's yep. very specific. Um, here's Nancy Pelosi. I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. 
Okay. So the interesting thing about this graphic <laughs> is that part of the Trump's defense team, uh, they played a whole montage of Democrats saying things just like this. And all four of these sayings were in the uh, those clips that they played. Oh, okay. oh wow. Cool. Yeah. So at least they're pointing so, out this hypocrisy. So where do we stand right now? What's the where do we stand on this? Uh, so they made their case. The, the prosecution made their case, which I gather from what you're saying is based on uh, he doesn't have the freedom of speech because of these bad reasons. And here's some TDS of him uh, not like failing to disavow white supremacy because we've edited a clip or whatever. So they've, they've done the kind of standard narrative crap of his past. They've they've made this argument that he doesn't have a right to do it. They haven't, you know, I, is there any other smoking gun here? Was that, was that it? Was that the prosecution's case? Uh-oh. Maybe we lost him. Jason, you're frozen. He's stoic. He's very stoic. And Let it go. Let him go. Well, we'll have him back later if we can. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I don't feel like I missed a lot. Carrie, what do you do? You feel like you missed a lot? It's a show of, trial. It's a, it's it is a, a huge distraction and, and they don't have a case. And um, if they manage to get a guilty verdict, that will be news because that will be insane. Banana Republic. I can't believe kangaroo court. What's the fr- kangaroo court? Like that's just, I don't know. It, that'll be ridiculous, but I don't think they, I don't think things are that far gone that they're going to get a guilty I don't know. Um, I mean, I I kind of feel like 2021, 2021 is the year of Banana Republic. Like it's I think like this is the time where maybe we're going to start to see some absolutely outlandish things. Uh, I think there probably are still enough Republicans who will vote against this that he won't uh, be convicted. So I think you're probably insane. right. But, but I, all the yeah. Democrats will vote to impeach him probably like that's a it'll come close, which is it's a, not going to be a, a good dunk. enough reason never to vote. And I say this as a lifelong Democrat who just started voting other party voted republican in 2018 for the first time um i'm never returning to my old party until they start to act like liberals until they start to to live in the world of common sense and and fairness and equality and i i can't i can't, I can't vote for people who are selling me lies and who are who are pretending like the emperor is wearing clothes and who are selling me the big lie I just yeah. can't do it. I can't. I have no. I don't know how you have self respect and vote and continue to vote for that party. And no, I'm not. I'm not a registered member of the Republicans or anything. I'm an independent. But you know, what, I just am taking each election individually. Now I don't even know if it's worth voting in the national elections anymore. I'm going to continue to vote in the local ones, but I haven't decided yet about about national ones. But I just. I don't know. I can't see. I can't see voting for them until they return to sanity. I thought they might do it after 2016, but they didn't. No. So, Jason, the one thing we wanted to get from you, uh, I, I see you're back. And yes. it looks like on a different device. Um, yeah, my internet what, went down. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. One thing we wanted to get from you was what's going on? Like, so was that the end of the, the – that was the end of the case? There's nothing else? Um, uh, <clears throat> well, if you'd like me to get into specific arguments, yes. Uh, there's – they made a lot of a lot of different arguments, um, but the, the the thrust of it is that they were focusing more on how, how people felt about Trump, and they spent a lot of time discussing the riot itself, and not so much Trump who allegedly incited the riot. 
I see. And then today is the defense. Is that right? Yes. And is it, do they just have one day? How long is the defense? I think that they are allowed to have 16 hours just as the prosecution did, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent on the schedule. And what's the defense saying? Well, the defense is making a lot of constitutional arguments. They're bringing up cases, SCOTUS cases that, uh, for example, the Brady Burke versus Ohio, they corrected that. Uh, <clears throat> they were bringing up some of the, the founding fathers, uh, the words that they said, because an interesting thing that the prosecution did was they tried to bring up English law. Like, we imported a lot of our, our constitution from from England because most of the founding fathers were from there, right? But they're citing English law, contemporary founding father English law, as the reason why this constitution, this impeachment was constitutional. And it's like, why are, why do we care what England thinks about our laws? So well, didn't we break away from England specifically because we had some issues with the mm -hmm. way that laws were? It's interesting, right? So, as a contrast, uh, he brought up James, the defense brought up James Wilson that said <clears throat> that impeachment is, uh, should not be used in lieu of the Constitution. If, if it is a, if it's defensible under the Constitution, then you cannot impeach for it. Right. It that makes, makes yeah, of course, because we're in an American court. We're not in an English court. That makes no sense. It's like, well, for the defense, since but you King brought George up, didn't like no, him. but for the defense, since you brought up English law, I mean, I would like to bring in somebody to read Chicken Bones because, <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it has no bearing. <laughs> like, right. It, it was so bizarre. And for the my next witness, let's see what a psychic has to say. Like, that it doesn't have any bearing. <laughs> I don't know, Carrie. I'm starting to think that we are going to get to kangaroo court time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jason, thank you for hopping in and telling us uh, what's what in D.C. Um, any any final comments or thoughts you want to say about the impeachment trial for those of us who are actively ignoring it? Uh, there is actually one thing. So there's a there's a rumor that was going around that. <clears throat> the mainstream media has been pushing that the FBI and so on had massive reports uh, of issues that they thought were going to be coming to DC that Trump knew about the riot. The but issue he knew and did nothing is that the that he knew and did nothing. Okay. So, which would be evidence, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, a few days ago, a, the then Capitol Police Chief, he since resigned, sent a letter to Congress saying that all of your facts are wrong. He claims in an eight-page letter, in a very detailed eight-page letter, I might add, that in, com in conjunction with the Secret Service, DHS, the Metro Police Department, and the FBI, the Capitol Police Force had absolutely no intelligence whatsoever indicating that the Trump supporters were going to be violent. And in addition to that, they were relying on experience at all previous rallies, including the two DC-based Stop the Steal rallies in December and uh, November. 
So they had, they were completely caught off guard by the violence that occurred. Okay, so that that undermines the idea that that Trump somehow knew because they're saying that, no, in fact, the intelligence did not show that that was going to happen. Didn't he also offer troops? Uh, He requested troops from Mayor D.C. Bowser, and D.C. Bowser on the 5th uh, said that they're not going to provide anything. Okay, so there was not intelligence that stuff was going to happen. Trump played it safe and said, you might want to have people anyway. They said mm-hmm. no, and now they're saying, you knew it was going to happen, and you didn't surprise troops. Right. And see, D.C., okay. uh, Mayor Bowser had been feuding with Trump, uh, you know, since the George Floyd riots began back in late May. There had been an increased military presence, and she she has taken to her Twitter, her official Twitter and her residential Twitter to decry all of that. So I, see. I I suspect, and you know, I have no way of knowing exactly what went on behind the scenes, but I suspect that she was using the, she was basically feuding with Trump and didn't want to provide extra security. That had been yep. the, uh, my observed pattern. Fair. She just didn't want to do it because he suggested mm-hmm. it. It's very childish. Okay. Well, uh, look, Jason, I, I appreciate the update. And frankly, uh, I know you've got, you have a lot of work you've done here. There's a lot. And, and I think you've, you've gabbed it. So it's on gab if people want to go check it out. Yes. Um, and, uh, if they're interested, but uh, I gotta say, I on gab, by the way, if they want to check it out at unsafe, it's just unsafe. Yes. And you can find Jason at Q R I I S T. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, before and you look, go, Jason, I appreciate not having to look at any of this myself and having to. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't want to look at it, Jason. Uh, yes. Before you go, there's a super chat from Imtax Shark who says, oh. "Thanks." I ask again, what is the high crime or misdemeanor violated here? Uh, crimes and misdemeanors have legal definition. The house didn't care. Hurt feelings. Yeah. Oh, hurt makes sense. Well, that that. That seems to go along with the criticism I've heard from uh, Steve Bannon of Trump's defense. He said that, uh, sorry, he said that that this is a, that they're arguing based purely on emotion. He says Mm -hmm. the strategy is not working. This is asymmetric information warfare. The Democrats argue a coherent made for TV fantasy that works on an emotional level. I think this goes back to what we've talked about, about talking to the elephants. It sounds like he thinks they're doing a good job of creating well, a Democrats completely Democrats are way better factless, storytellers. Yeah. Right. Completely um, factless, uh, groundless argument based purely on, I felt bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's hope that you are right and we're not quite at the Banana Republic yet, but we'll see. Uh all right. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us. Uh, My pleasure. Maybe, maybe thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll use you as our, our oh, wait. all things swamp correspondent in the future. <laughs> I know I keep interrupting, but one more thing, Jason. Oh, Tat- okay. Tatiana also gave a super chat, and it's because it's related to what you were here to talk about. She says, did you see where they crossed out the word and in the Constitution? I haven't watched much, but that just shows what they think of the Constitution. I, 
I haven't seen that. Is that true? Did they cross out the word and? Yes, they were doing a, a sort of PowerPoint slide and they were discussing uh, an interpretation of the Constitution. <clears throat> um, they they were saying something along the lines of you can't you were able to break the the logical and into its two component parts of uh, and that was during the the actual constitutionality on day one. Okay. So they crossed out the word. Was there a legitimacy yeah, there? Was, there well, mm. the argument on the constitutionality is that you can't impeach the president because he he isn't in office. The Senate doesn't have jurisdiction. And while I personally believe that, here we are. Um, the the two remedies that the Constitution provides is removal from office and uh, <clears throat> bar disqualification from any future office. So. The way it's written is uh, removal and bar, right? They're claiming that you that you're able to break those apart. Uh, um, well, I they I, did I, rule in in the 1800s. There was another case. Uh, the only other time an, a U.S. official was impeached out of office, William Belknap, the Senate acquitted him exactly on those constitutional grounds they claimed they had no jurisdiction uh and it was actually because really both, interesting that because both wait i just want to clarify is it they had no just jurisdiction because they both remedies couldn't apply because right. one remedy was was overcome by events because he was no longer in office is that that was their right. reason okay so correct uh, continue so william Beltnap was caught in a in a money kickback scheme in the 1800s and he resigned immediately the the House impeached him, and the Senate decided to acquit him based on constitutional grounds. They said that they had no jurisdiction, uh, and it's it's actually really interesting because uh, Neguse brought up this very same this very same case, and he said uh, that while he was ultimately acquitted, it shows that the Senate did go to trial. He actually didn't mention why he was acquitted which was on the constitutionality of it right he uh, wasn't which I actually was... acquitted he was like they kicked it out because they didn't say they had jurisdiction right yeah. exactly because right. they uh, couldn't remove him because he was already out mm -hmm. yeah so now it's it's okay. a really weird twisting and i i personally am disappointed in trump's lawyers they should have attacked they should have brought that up because the entire reason that case is relevant is because he was acquitted uh, on constitutional grounds for that. He was acquitted because they said they didn't have jurisdiction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I um, mean, look, as a lay person who has only really my, my experience with the law is through business contracts. Uh, although it's quite a lot, I, you could argue, I think there is ambiguity there, right? You could say, these are the remedies, remedy one and remedy two. Um, and, I, you could make a case that the fact that one of the remedies isn't applicable doesn't mean you don't have jurisdiction to make mm. the like that. That's a legitimate gray area. In my view, that's a legitimate gray area. Um, now, it's interesting that precedent. If you look at precedent and you look back in history, you might want to look at how that was interpreted by the people who are closer to the time of people who actually wrote it. Right. And there, maybe you would find, oh, we didn't think we had jurisdiction here. Um, so I think there would be need to be more research done around why. Uh, or how that was viewed, but I get the argument that there's jurisdiction there. Uh, you know, I'm I might not 
agree necessarily, but I don't I don't throw that out as a ridiculous argument. But I think I think you do, so that's okay. <laughs> All right. So, Anything else, Carrie? Any other yes, super chats you want to get to? Uh, I do. Before you leave, Jason, I think it might be fun for us to end the show by listening to Everybody Hates Me, just a little bit of it, and go out on that We're song. We're not ending the show. We have more super chats. I know, but through. I know. I'm saying he, Jason can stick around. We'll read the super chats real fast, do some announcements, and then all three go out to that oh, song. You want me to, oh, okay. Sure. So you want me to pull up Everybody Hates Me? Yeah. Uh, what's and part of it? Just, just the beginning. Or the chorus. Uh, the you beginning know. again. Yeah. We'll just go out okay. to the beginning. The and then when the chorus in. ends, we can okay. go out on a good, positive okay. note. I love right. this song. Uh, I can't stop. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry tweet. to the people like me who aren't in love with this idea. Um, Azor <laughs> says, uh, another name in the carry pronunciation bin, LOL. I'm not even sure what that's referring to. but uh, uh, because Oh, because I was Christ. pronouncing Christ strong. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I think the next one is Alpha Omega Records, but I'm not sure. Why do I not see? Oh, no, wait. Um, I support free speech. And I am canceled, says Toxic Man Flu. <laughs> Fair. Well, Fair. Yep, welcome um, to the club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alpha Omega Records says sensible minorities, uh, including me, who claims to be a G in the alphabet must speak up more and not simply live for others to do. Leave, oh, leave it for others to do. Yes. Yep. You must, sensible minorities must speak up more. Yep. The insane left is waking up the far, far right. Two rabid sides fighting it out never ends well for any of us. Yeah, that's a good point, Alpha Omega. It's not, they're, they are waking up the bigotry that they've pretended is already existing. Um, they're kind of creating it and it is dangerous. And you're right. You need to you need to speak up. We all need to speak up because otherwise they speak for us. They claim to speak on behalf of women. They don't speak for me. I didn't elect them. They claim to speak on behalf of gay people. You didn't elect them. They don't speak for black people. Nobody elected them to speak for black people. They're liars. They don't even they don't speak for trans people. Most trans people I know do not agree with wokeness. Um, so yes, you need I agree with I love that super chat. Thank you. By the way, uh, even if you had been elected, it doesn't mean you speak for all the people. None one, no one I've ever elected speaks for me. Just make that clear. Uh, all right. Um, Alex Lindstrom says, P.S. I knew Trump supporters slash conservatives weren't Nazis, just didn't have enough room in my last chat. Ha, I love listening to you too. Oh, I, we weren't blaming you for thinking that, but I uh, appreciate the clarification. Um, let's see. Tatjana says, impeachment equals clown world. Yes, Tatjana. It does indeed. It does indeed equal clown, clown world, unfortunately. Um Penumbra Syndicate says confirmed those were Palestinian kids in the in 2010 in Pedro's tweet. Uh, where are the Twitter misinformation czars and fact checkers? Uh, yeah, good good question. We know where they That's are. They're busy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're busy. Uh, I don't know writing their little manifestos about how they'll take over the world. I don't know what they're doing. They're busy being offended. Okay, Trump is their white whale. This is from Twee Girl. Twee Girl says, Trump is their white whale, and we all know what happened to Ahab and his crew. True. Uh, we can hope. Um, let's see. You read Tatiana's and Tax Sharks and Tax Sharks, so we'll skip those. Um, SB says, dictators don't get impeached. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, 
What are you implying there? <laughs> or they also don't get a they also don't get elected out of office. Like it's not pot. We had an election and he didn't win. Oh, you mean they don't? Yeah, they don't like leave when they're elected. Yeah, they don't. They don't leave saying I didn't like this election and I think it was rigged. But bye. That's not a thing dictators do. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Usually that's what they call in the military. Um, John Wayne drinks SJW's tears. Excellent name and totally true. Uh, has a, a couple of super chats. The first one says. Chris Ray slash Let's Dance is a great song and reminds me that many generations before had to endure harder times and still had to find moments of levity and joy in between moments of great sadness and despair. That is a very Aww, positive thank you. thought. And the second one, he says, as things get worse, it's a message that we must remember going forward. We're caught in a world full of tears, so many sad times and fears. So while there's a chance and you're near, well, let's dance. Let's dance. That's beautiful. Thank you. That I I would imagine that resonates with Carrie quite a bit. Uh, okay, uh, Kelly says, "Hey y'all, nothing to say. I just wanted to give monetary support. We'll Thanks, take it." Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Um, and I think it's the last super chat. Helena Black says, "Why does it seem like Trump can't find a competent lawyer to save his life?" <laughs> well, uh, possibly because he can't find a competent. He needs lawyer to get to Judge Judy. Oh, wait, there is another one. Rock Lexicon. Rock Lexicon says, I work at a community college. We're doing Black Lives... Oh, sorry. Black His Mo... What? What is Black... Oh, Black, Black History, History Month. Black History Month. I work at a community college. We're doing Black History Month email features. I submitted one for Dr. Carol Swain. She was in the Uncle Tom documentary. I'm waiting to join Gina. Yeah. Good luck with that. Your, oh, your cancellation wow. day is coming. Hey, cancellation days. I have to. I respect. I respect the boldness. I respect Good. it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and Tatiana, one more. Tatiana says only dictators sign executive orders, which is apparently a quote from none other than yes, President Biden. Real quote. President Biden. Uh, oh. He's also signed fifty-two. Fifty-two. So fifty-two. Far, so. Wow, fifty-two. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey. So, go ahead. Don't need. What, what did Emerson say? Consistency is the hoblog, hobgoblin of small minds or something like that. So, yeah. hey, it's fine to be – if you're a leftist, it is totally fine to be a hypocrite. So, all right. Now, you, you Carrie wants to try. Yeah, and we're going to try to keep – can you can you keep us all three on screen while we go out, while we listen, oh while God. we watch you, it? You really have – I can't keep us all three on screen. I might be able to keep the two of you on screen. Okay. Jason uh, and I will dance. That's the well, best let's dance. I can do. The best I'll be able to do. And then we'll do uh, We will roll the credits. We're not going to end on Tom McDonald. But uh, here we go. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> How can you not like this? White people hate me. They say that I'm using my privilege for evil. I get it. Hey. Black people hate me, they say that I'm racist My feelings don't match with their message, whoa Feminists hate me because I believe that their movement is angry and sexist Woo. My girlfriend hates me and I don't know why but I love her, whatever, forget it, yeah And gay people hate me cause when I see something I don't like I say that it's gay Straight people hate me for having the balls to go say what they think and that makes them afraid Some people hate me for making the music containing the truth to expose all the ways The government robs them, the pop culture I love him on that, even for him, he's a 
Go ahead and say all of that wild online, man. You might need a doctor, Phil, if you catch me outside. And I will not apologize if you ain't one of mine, fam. I cannot afford to give a if it was fine, as They been hating. I think it's stupid funny. Haters, fake friends, making me stupid money. They been hating. Everyone hates me for something or makes something. Look All right, at that I'm outfit. Gonna, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I do like. I will admit, I do like that outfit. So he doesn't. It's just so over the top. I love it. Okay, yeah, thank you. it's a good outfit. All right, Carrie, you got your thing. Don't blame me, everyone. You can blame Woo-hoo, Carrie. Thanks, Have a good weekend. Thanks for joining we will us. see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Any criticism of cancellation will result in cancellation. Here's a fun lived experience, all carbon-based organisms are guilty of oppression against the silicon community. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. I'm sorry, there is no record of a character named Kara Doom in the Star Wars canon. Please check your request for errors, may the work be with you. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.